0: For Thursday, August 20th, 2020, this is Did You Wash Your Hands? We're a podcast from WABE answering the questions everyone's asking during the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm health reporter Sam Whitehead. Today, like so many businesses, sports leagues are trying their best to navigate life with the coronavirus, doing what they can to keep players and fans as safe as possible until life gets back to some semblance of normal.
1: It's just a matter of, you know, when that will happen, you know, so it's when are people going to be confident to go back into these stadiums, you know, and that's the main thing. It's building that confidence
0: back up for fans. Eric Jackson, who covers the business of sports for the Atlanta Business Chronicle, joins me for a look at what the coronavirus has meant for that world and how some of the adaptations made may stick with us. That's next. You love free, and at Ameris Bank, so do we. That's why we're proud to offer worry-free, hassle-free Ameris Bank free checking. Manage your money your way with convenient access to digital, mobile, and telephone banking, all with no monthly service fee or minimum balance requirements. At Ameris Bank, we're with you. For more information or to open an account, visit our local bankers in person or online at amerisbank.com slash free checking. Other fees such as overdraft fees may apply. Ameris Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Support for WABE's
1: local coverage on maternal health and mortality comes from Georgia Health Initiative, whose mission is to inspire and promote collective action that advances health equity for all Georgians.
0: Learn more at georgiahealthinitiative.org. This week, the University of Georgia announced it would limit fan capacity at its college football games to help slow the spread of COVID-19. Georgia Tech has made a similar decision. It's just one of the many ways this year's college football season will look very different in the midst of this pandemic. And it's not the only sport seeing changes. Eric Jackson is a sports business reporter for the Atlanta Business Chronicle. He's been covering all of this, and he joins me now for more. Eric, thanks for talking with me. Always a pleasure. I want to start by talking about college football first. I think um, it's probably safe to say that if there's any sport that really holds people's attention in the fall in the southeast, it is college football. And we've gotten a lot clearer picture over the last few weeks about what college football is actually going to look like for teams here in Georgia. Thinking about, you know, maybe our, our bigger teams, UGA, Georgia Tech. To start, just kind of paint the picture for me of of what this fall's college football season is going to look like, and how that's really different from from how it normally looks.
1: Well, it's
0: going to be way different than from what it
1: usually looks. I mean, I think of just Sanford Stadium, you know, where UGA plays, and it's so loud and chaotic and one of those great classic atmospheres, and you're just not going to have it this year. You know, I know they're doing their part, definitely, to try to. Replicate that atmosphere as much as possible. But under these conditions, it's just going to be scaled down. I mean, no doubt about it. Sanford and, you know, even Bobby Dodd or Tech Place, you know, that's going to be down about 20%, about 25% over at Sanford. So you can imagine, I mean, that's a big chunk. I mean, for Sanford, that's about 23, 24,000 people, which is downsized compared to what they're usually used to. So you might even see some piping in of some crowd noise. I mean, they're really going to do what they can to try to get that same atmosphere that we're typically used to, but it's definitely going to be different, which it should be, right? I mean, given the health crisis that we have, I mean, I I think the schools are doing their best to keep people socially distanced. You know, there's different seating configurations. I mean, right now, even going into a stadium is going to be so different from how you go to restrooms and get your concessions. And this is, uh, as they say, the, the new normal.
0: So if that's a little bit about what the fan experience will look like, You know, you you, you touched on a few things there. UGA and Georgia Tech have said they're limiting capacity in their stadiums to try to prevent the spread, all these health measures they're putting in place. Talk to me about the actual seasons themselves, because those have been shortened. I mean, these teams are going to be playing fewer games against fewer competitors.
1: Right. The truncated seasons, definitely. That's been a huge part, you know, now which I think some people kind of like the new SEC schedule. hope, hope it sticks around the way it is because it's a nice little scramble. But, you know, SEC would have an the 10-game conference only season, which you hate to see it, right? I mean, no UGA or Tech this year, you know, for the first time since 1924. It's crazy to believe. Not too much further after that Spanish flu pandemic. So it really is similar to like a 100-year cycle we're kind of going through all over again. But that's going to be the goal. I mean, just – limiting those chances of contracting the virus. So, I mean, that's the whole schedule thing. That's really what it plays into and as well as creating flexibility. I mean, like SEC, there's two open slots in certain weeks just in case a change needs to be made or during this pandemic, you have to be flexible. I think that's, you know, not just for sports, but every other industry as well you're seeing across the board is you can't plan too much ahead, you know, or you're risking it all being unraveled. Even tailgating, you know, UGA hasn't made a decision while their peers, you know, other schools have. Even that decision, they're waiting to, you know, to wait it out. So I think you're seeing that, especially through the SEC, not making a decision until it's
0: absolutely time to. The SEC there, that's the Southeastern Conference. That's the conference that the University of Georgia plays in, correct? Right, exactly. You mentioned tailgating there. That seems to me like such a crucial part of the college football experience and it seems like schools are, are not, at least UGA has not made a decision yet. What are other schools doing? You mentioned other SEC schools had kind of made made decisions about tailgating. What's happening there?
1: Right. Uh, so um, several schools have already come out and said, like, look, we're not doing tailgating. It's just not going to happen. I think that decision, I think the businesses around, especially in Athens, are, that's a decision that directly impacts them because if there's no tailgating, that's going to translate into less dollars for them, you know? And, Talked to several businesses in Athens and the Chamber and others, and they're embracing themselves. You know, it was already, the through the spring, has already been tough. You know, since March, less foot traffic and having the shutdowns. I mean, a lot of them are just struggling to survive. So, you know, they were hoping that football season could be that boost, but that's definitely threatened right now. So even if tailgating allowed to happen, you're not going to get anywhere close to you know the revenues that they've seen in typical fall seasons. I was told about an estimated game day weekend in Athens, you know, for football be around 20 million, you know, in economic impact. And even if you have tailgating this year, it's you're still probably not going to get anywhere close to that, you know, just because you're not going to have people traveling and coming in and, you know, the hospitality industries and they're just not going to get that support like they're used to. So everybody's kind of bracing right now and um, hoping to get whatever dollars, you know, they possibly can.
0: These reduced seasons that we're seeing with these college football programs, what's that going to mean for the schools? I mean, my understanding is that it's college football that really makes a lot of money for these universities.
1: There's a lot of schools that really need it to happen. I mean, you know, everybody's athletic department, their budget is a different situation. You know, there's definitely some schools more than others that were already drowning in debt. And then you have the situation where football is the biggest moneymaker and that's on the rock. So, I mean, that's been probably one of the most challenging parts for a lot of uh, departments and I think that's why you see some of these schools really disappointed if they have to cut football or have to cut fall sports because the long standing impact that's going to have on you know not just the student athletes but the financial situation too you know it's everybody's still trying to figure this out you know
0: that's a little bit about college football we've also had some news just this week, about what uh, professional football is kind of going to look like here in Atlanta. This is the decision made by uh, the folks at Mercedes-Benz Stadium to actually not have fans present for Atlanta Falcons games. My understanding is that reverses kind of an earlier decision they made. Talk to me about what what's happening there.
1: Right. So, I mean, you're just seeing after consulting with the CDC and other you know public health officials, you know. You know, Mercedes-Benz just made the decision, right, to just not have fans at all. You know, the plan was to limit it, you know, to uh, you know less than like twenty-one thousand people. And this is not just for United, but for the Falcons as well. So, you know, that impacts a couple Falcons games, and they're in the process right now just preparing for that. You know, United returns on Saturday to Mercedes-Benz Stadium, and it's going to be different. It's weird because United, you know, you're used to 70,000 people and supporters. And, I mean, it's going to be completely empty. So it's definitely a change. And I think it's just a response from the data and what they've heard from, you know, health officials. So, you know, it's it's the right decision. And I wouldn't be surprised if it goes beyond September. You know, if we don't get these numbers down, then it's really hard to even have a limited group even at the stadium, too. So I think it's just more of a precautionary thing. Just get through September and just kind of see how it plays out.
0: Sure. And, and um, you mentioned United, that's Atlanta United, the Major League Soccer team here, also plays in Mercedes-Benz Stadium, isn't going to have fans. I mean, this is a team that is known for its fan experience. I mean, Atlanta United has broken records in the MLS for attendance. So what is that going to mean for the game experience? And what is it going to mean just kind of business-wise for Mercedes-Benz to not have 70,000 people there for a soccer game?
1: You know, they're not immune to it right just like anybody else you know MLS in general it's tough for the league because you know Atlanta United is one of the flagship teams so you know it's good for the league when they're doing well and especially ticket sales wise because you know MLS is one of those leagues that still just depends on it a lot you know they don't have a big media rights deal yet so it's you know the ticket sales are huge for them so I know they would want fans back as soon as possible and the teams are returning to their markets, right? So some teams are going to be able to have fans there. You know, it's just Atlanta's in the situation right now where they're just going to limit it. So it's definitely a ding. It it hurts. But, you know, health is that priority too. You know, you don't want to bring people back to a situation knowing you can't keep them safe too. So people just want to see that the curve is, you know, being flattened a little bit more before they, uh you know, bring fans back into the venue.
0: It seems, too, that were a, a sporting event, say a Falcons game or an Atlanta United game, were, were that to be traced back to some kind of large outbreak? I mean, the the PR nightmare that these sports teams would have on their hands would just be incredible.
1: <laughs> Liability has been a word that's been huge. I mean, the last, especially in college sports right now, it's, you know, you see the Big Ten and Pac-12, you know, postponing their fall season. So, I mean, that's been a big reason. And you see the students want to play and I don't blame them at all. If I was in their shoes, I would want to play too. But, you know, you also have to put yourself in the president's shoes and commissioners as well. And it's tough. You know, you're, you're going to disappoint somebody with either decision, right? It's You're damned if you do and damned if you don't. So, you know, I wouldn't want to be in those uh, positions right now, you know, because you can't please everybody.
0: We do have some leagues currently playing in you know the majors. So we've got baseballs playing, basketballs playing, um, hockey is playing. What's worked so far? I mean, and 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 what hasn't? I know that we've we've seen some outbreaks among Major League Baseball teams. I know they're in kind of this bubble situation. I know the NHL, the National Hockey League, is in I think a tighter bubble situation. My understanding is some NBA teams are actually considering moving there. So, are there ways that some of these sports leagues have been able to come back that? seem like they've worked so far that seems like it's worked so far well right
1: i mean the nba i mean hats off to them i, I know a lot of people when they first said the bubble in orlando they kind of laughed and was like this would never work and you know how you're going to keep these guys there and and sure enough they've been able to do it i mean you know, they haven't had a positive case in a, in a while now, you know, from all the players. So, and they, that's a matter of just keeping everyone contained down there. I think it's safe to say that the NBA's done it the right way and see what baseball is. That's a sport not in the bubble, right? So they've been pretty guarded about how they've been doing things. And it's strict protocols as well, but it's hard to monitor the players and coaches a lot more when there isn't a bubble. So that's been the difference there. And I think the team that's going to win it all is the one that's really has dealt with the virus situation the best. You know what I mean? I think that's going to be one of those elements this season that you know, who can stay healthy, right? Who can avoid going out and who can keep the the lineup and roster most intact. So I think that's going to be one of those things that you've
0: never had to talk about over a course of a season. But this year, it really does matter. Some of these things across the sports world that that we've seen, these kinds of isolation bubbles, if we want to think about the shorter seasons that college football teams are playing against more regional rivals, you know, University of Georgia is not going to be traveling across the country the way they would have in previous seasons. Is it your sense that any of these things might actually stick? I don't think so.
1: More so scheduling. I think we're going to see eventually all kind of shift back with NBA starting in October, along with hockey. I think you're going to see all the schedules kind of get back to what they're normally um but I think the things that will stick around for years to come is the experience for fans and trying to limit possible ways to get sick. You know, so I think you're going to see a rise in cashless systems. You know, as you know, Mercedes Benz Stadium was, you know, the first to actively launch the cashless system. I think you're starting to see more venues and facilities adopt that as well. Cause now it's going to be getting to a point where before those things were kind of a luxury, right? electric ticketing and cashless. And now I think it's going to be a necessity for, you know, you can't afford not to have it. I think fans are now going to be expecting to go to venues and be able to limit their touch points. And I think all of those things are going to be sort of the new normal. Because before you never had to think about your safety going to, you know, a a football game, right?
0: Nobody had to ever think about that before, but now you're seeing more than ever. I mean, that's a priority now, are some of these experiments going to work do you think that the SEC and ACC trying to play you know college football games in person with fans is that going to happen do you think Mercedes-Benz will will bring fans back in i mean kind of look ahead for me if you could about what the next few months looks like
1: you know i think we'll get back to it we'll see i mean we will it's not like we're never going to it's never going to be back it's just a matter of, you know, when that'll happen, you know. So it's when are people going to be confident to go back into these stadiums, you know. And that's the main thing. It's building that confidence back up for fans. The thing is, a lot of people are are still willing to go. I mean, UGA sold out their season tickets this year. You know what I mean? I mean, people are, are dying to get back. I mean, they really are. It's just a matter of, you know, how many, though. That's the thing. And, you know, what would they need to feel comfortable as well? So. That's why you're seeing these teams trying to make them feel as comfortable as possible. I mean, even the sporting events I've been to in the last, you know, few weeks, you know, some smaller events here in Georgia, you know, signing the liabilities, I mean, that was a requirement. You know, I think that's something you're gonna see. It's gonna be a part of the normal now. You know, when you walk into a place, even a concert or another event, you're gonna be signing the liability waiver, you know, and you're gonna have your temperature checked. You know, it's this is the things that You just have to um, be prepared for now, at least till next year. Everybody's still trying to figure this out, you know.
0: Eric Jackson is a sports business reporter for the Atlanta Business Chronicle. Did You Wash Your Hands is a production of 90.1 WABE Atlanta, where ATL meets NPR. Special thanks to Stephen Key. WABE's managing editor is Alex Helmick. Scott Wolfel is Chief Content Officer. You can reach us at washyourhands at wabe.org. You can find all our episodes in your favorite podcast app, where you can also leave us a rating and a review. And you can find more stories on the coronavirus pandemic at wabe.org coronavirus. If you haven't recently, now might be a good time to go wash your hands. I'm Sam Whitehead. Thanks for listening.